Okay, welcome back, all of you Lupine backpackers. Hey, to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October, we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hey. And Mike. Oh, 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 sorry. Uh, didn't see you guys there. <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 1997 comedy horror film. Uh, this part is in parenthesis, but an American werewolf in Paris. Things are about to get hairy. Hit that music. <laughs> Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 17 of the 5th Annual Halloween Screamathon. And boy, howdy, it, it's funny. It's funny how things work that we are doing the sequel to one of the, uh, I guess, out of all the ha, like the werewolf movies in the history of werewolf movies. And there's not a ton of them, really. But there's a handful of like, you know, the really good ones that people freak out about. Uh, the first Howling's up there. Uh, that was made by the guy that made Gremlins. And American, oh, an American werewolf in London. So that was John Landis. And so his son is out there uh, making good movies and thinking up comic book stories. But the sequel to An American Werewolf in London was American Werewolf in Paris. So they took out the and part. I don't know why. Uh <laughs> and a lot of things, the Anne is there, but then sometimes they're like, no, it's just American Werewolf in Paris. I'm like, what? So it's really odd. But we have a sequel that comes 81, 91, no one, sorry, what, 30, 36 years late? No. Baby. No, 81 to 97? No. Don't mind me. 16. Don't mind me. I can't count. 16. I don't know why I thought it was like 1967 it came out. It's probably the actual first werewolf movie. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, this, I don't know, requel, like a remake sequel, kind of, if you've seen the original, you've kind of seen this one, but it is about backpackers from America and then their adventures or misadventures dealing with werewolves in Paris. Oh, werewolves in Paris and all the things that come of that. So this world of American werewolf in some area that's not America, they they have a couple of rules and things that they change. In this one, for sure, there are weaknesses to the werewolves. And there's some running theme of you can see ghosts. When you're a werewolf, you can see people that have died because of your follies. In the first movie, uh, very much, what was it, David and... It wasn't David and Luke. I can't remember. Adam. I want to say Adam and David. Um, they, well, one of them passes away and the other one sees them constantly. 
And the other one is just very mad about how life is going. Nope. Uh, it happens in this one. Uh, this movie, not directed by Landis, uh, directed by many other people. John Landis actually wrote a screenplay, and it is a ridiculous idea. A lot of things got changed. But, um, yeah, he wasn't the biggest fan of this movie when it came out. Because, you know, I guess when you make the first one, then you're like, that's my baby. And then your baby is off, I don't know, doing drugs around the corner. You're like, what are you doing, baby? <laughs> I raised you better. But... um. <laughs> It makes it's like when a it's like when a major studio p- publishes an award winning video game, and then they're like, "Yeah, you guys can do the sequel, sure, go 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 have a good time," and then it comes out and it's like, "Oh Lord, what did we do? Oh, that good time, that was too good." Yeah, that reminds me of that new Mass Effect. I'm so disappointed. <sighs> Making myself sad now. <laughs> so Emma, what did you think about? An American Werewolf in Paris. It was entertaining. I had a good time with it. It made me giggle. I thought some of the practical effects were actually pretty good. Like, they held up pretty well. Um, The CGI was hilarious. Yes. It was real bad. I'm sure it was great when it came out, but (laughs) the second I saw that werewolf, I was like, oh, oh boy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I... Loved it. I had a great time with it. It was fun. This this was my first time watching it too. So I I mean I'm sure it was endearing to Micah because he has loved that movie for a long time. This was just good old entertainment. So I enjoy, I enjoyed it, Micah. <laughs> okay, so I <laughs> let me write go. it down for you. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Take out a pen and paper, kids. Um, no, so I remember this movie fondly from my childhood. I don't know why, but it just was an absolute banger to me. And at watching it for the first time as an adult, uh, I still loved it. <laughs> it was super charming in its own way. Like it, it was. You, you built that up like a Bravo TV segment where you were like, just, then watching it for the first time as an adult. Oh, dot dot charming. dot. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it strikes my guilty pleasure. I love fucking like stoner <laughs> movies that are you know you know like Sex Drive, Euro Trip, uh, things like that, and American uh, Pie. American Pie, yeah, those are my absolute like that. You know, dude, where's my car? Like, yeah. I love that shit. And this just reminded me of that, which is probably why I liked it so much. It, it felt like uh, I said this earlier before we started recording, but it felt like. The guys who did Blade, the very first one, watched this movie on repeat and went like, okay, that was fun. Now let's do that, but with more money behind it. Yeah. <laughs> the edits were so rough. The The sound mixing was so bad. And like I feel like the, the version that we watched streaming was remastered, so it made the CGI <laughs> look way worse than it than it looked like when it was low definition and we were watching this stuff. But the transformations were ugly as fuck, but they were awesome at the same time. Like when they're just like transforming under the hoods and stuff and just like ripping through their clothes and the the first time yeah, whatever. Jump in the but, shark, bro. No, I, I <laughs> between this movie and oh, what is it? Underworld? Uh-huh. Those transformations, like the first time you watch them, you're like, oh, that was fucking sweet. 
But, no, I, I the, the number one takeaway for me was that it was a lot campier than I remember it being. But uh, it kept the point simple. It didn't get convoluted like Underworld. It didn't try to create this big universe. I know it was technically a sequel, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say that I've never actually seen American Werewolf in London. It is a solid movie. I I, we, I I need to watch it at some point, but I have never seen it. So this is my only reference, and I feel like the, my opinions might differ after watching that movie, I'm sure. But no, this this movie will always have a special place in my heart, and to me, it, it, it held up. I still had a great time with it. Every part of this movie that happened before there was a werewolf on the screen was trash. <laughs> <laughs> The entire first 30 minutes of this movie. Trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> garbage acting, garbage script, <laughs> no trash plot. Throw it all in the sewer. Absolute garbage. When she turned into a werewolf? Okay. Literally that meme of that girl who's like, all right, that. <laughs> once, once the body horror started, it was great. Once the transformation started, great. The CGI was straight up atrocious. It was 1997. It also made me think of another meme that was like, people think that the space mission, the landing on the moon was fake and it was all CGI. And then it's like CGI in 1997. And it's like the shittiest like Nintendo 64 gorilla that you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. That's how I felt watching this movie. Uh, but the practical effects, like Emma said, were pretty good on the changes. I feel like of the movies that I've introduced as like my picks, this has been a common theme between Katie and I. I always pick movies that like hype something up, and then it's just like not working. Like uh, I keep thinking back to uh, uh, Queen of the Damned and not having Aaliyah for like ninety percent of that movie. You know, I mean I that's like, fair. Yeah. But but we're exactly the opposite because I also hyped up uh what was it the omen the beginning oh uh yeah and uh what was the other oh, one exorcist beginning exorcist the beginning yeah and then the that Pinocchio one which admittedly was a bag of ass but I loved as a kid <laughs> and you hated both of those so it works out we just have opposite opinions it's fine full circle so I'm torn knowing this movie. Being from the 90s, and the 90s were a weird time for movies. Some of the best soundtracks ever, still to this day. Music hits, and I'm like, oh my god, I just fall into a hole of just nostalgia. Uh, what, what was Dude, the... when they pull out when they pull out Smash Mouth? Like, oh, come on, you know, it's a good soundtrack. It blew my mind. I was like, I never think about Smash Mouth, and then when some movie from the 90s, I you know, I watch it. And it blows my mind. It's just like when I watch Bubble Boy and Damn It comes on from Blink-182. I like. I don't think about that song. But when I watch Bubble Boy, I'm like, fuck, that's a good song. So this movie, that use of Smash Mouth was like, Smash Mouth had had their songs in two movies and had done like not a damn thing with it. Like they didn't get any extra like praise or anything. They didn't blow up like they would soon. And then, you know, four years later, Shrek comes out. Smash Mouth blows the fuck up. Yeah. All it took was a kid's movie. This movie, Smash Mouth wait, wasn't shit when they were in part of this movie. But yeah. But this this movie's odd. It 
realizes that with the 90s, it's been, uh, well, I said it was like 60 years, but it's only been 16. 16 years since the original. With the original in the 80s, early 80s, CG was at that point probably claymation uh, in uh, which in Evil Dead 2, one of my favorite movies of all time, there's claymation in it when the bad guy face changes because it was just easier than trying to use some type of fucking computer to do something wild. So in the 80s, if you needed something really difficult to make, it was probably claymation or used a painting in the background. The original Star Wars, the scenes where there's stormtroopers everywhere, it's a painting because it's just so hard to do some scenes. With this movie, instead of doing the painstakingly really tough and expensive, but like expensive in the fact that it's a lot of effort, time to do practical effects, they had motherfuckers that just were magic at doing practical effects. The scene where, uh, what was it, David churns into a werewolf the first time and his hand just extends. Oh, in the first movie? Yeah, and it's a legit, real arm that they made and his face extends and stuff it's beautiful but it's so much work it was so much effort and time with the original one well yeah because they did thriller jonathan landis did or john landis did thriller yeah. like right after this yeah so more it's, werewolf transformations yeah so with that movie they had to do practical effects because it was just easier sadly now with this new one in the late 90s well they're like oh shit man we got cg we're making movies. Uh, uh, spoilers, I'll tell you one of the movies that came out around that time, Titanic. So they're like, okay, we can make these large-scale situations and not have it be real, real. You know what I mean? And with our TVs, our eyes are spoiled. Now, if this was on a normal TV that had a VCR at the bottom of it. A tube TV. Yeah, tube TV. That werewolf probably wouldn't have looked as bad. But man, when it came on screen, it's one of my seven words, but it's a line from Deadpool. When his buddy sees him after he gets his powers, he's like, motherfucker, you were hard to look at. And uh, those words looked rough, rough. And I told my buddy about it, told uh, Wally. Wally's like, oh, man, on the subway. Oh, it's so gross looking. I'm like, I know, right? But this movie, it had its, you know, it had its shining points. Uh, one of the actresses, uh, Julie Delphi, 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 uh, she did a damn good job. Compared to everyone else in this movie, everyone else was kind of being silly, and she was a serious of uh, the the lead main actress. Yeah. Well, honestly, her and Claude, Therapy. like their their roles were so serious, and then the Americans come in and they're all happy go lucky, and we're just here to get drunk, do some daredevil shit, and score some sex points. <laughs> yeah. So Julie Bowen wasn't bad. No, not at all. Uh, she looked amazing, but. It, this movie was weird because they had practical effects and they had CG. I just wish the percentage was a little different. But like I said, late 90s, man, you got to keep up with the technology because sooner or later, you'll get to movies we have now where they're de-aging people and, and fucking holograms. Like we have wild shit right now for CG. And still yeah. to this day, people will watch a movie and be like, that look kind of like ass. And I'm like, oh my God, our eyes are so spoiled to stuff you know but we have tvs that do 8k you know well, and at the same time they try to force feed all that cgi and they do yeah. it to such a grand scale and then they put real people in the shot instead of like animating everything and that's what we get you know yeah. 
it's like you can tell the difference and you're right our tvs are built for that now and it's it's making it hard to watch man yeah so um but for its faults it's not that bad but unfortunately i hate that i have to be that person but um moving my glasses on my face uh, it's still not better than american werewolf in london uh, one day we will sit down and review that movie because that is a fucking banger, man. Uh, the practical effects just at that point, you got me. Uh, that's one thing of older scary movies. I absolutely love uh, Dead Alive, uh, the movie about the, the the weird inflatable zombie baby and the zombie mom and stuff. All that shit was still practical as fuck. Uh, that dude punched somebody's face out. And I was like, that's legit. You know, um, I love stuff like that. But I'm also fine with with some solid CG or bad CG. It all makes me laugh in the end. <laughs> so uh, we'll get through the story and then we'll talk about our favorite least favorite characters. So as the movie starts, we meet up with Andy McDermott, and so he's a he's a tourist with his two friends Brad and Chris. And instead of just getting drunk every night and looking for for you know someone to bang, they are doing that, but they are part of like what some thrill seeking group and they are planning on just let's say cliff diving like this is Casa Benita. Uh they are just planning to bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower. Holy crap, that is a terrible idea. We'll find out later what happens. So as they are checking out, you know, Paris, they actually make it up there and they hear footsteps, and so they hide, and they see a beautiful, beautiful woman, and she is right on the edge of the tower, and she's about to jump. She does jump, and Andy launches himself off to save her, and he does. He grabs her, and they make it all the way to the ground, and in that weird, like, second and a half before the band, like, the rope snatches him back up, he lets go, and so she lands on the ground. And he proceeds to fly back up, and since the tower is not just a straight up and down type of tower, it's actually extended out, he hits some weird part of the tower and gets, he should be dead, but he knocks himself out. So, he is in the hospital. And at this point, so, at the hospital, he actually sees the beautiful lady, and she's a nurse, at the hospital, and he's like, holy shit, Andy gets up and tries to find her, and she's holding a bag in her hand, and it's a quick line, but a doctor comes out of the procedure room, the surgery room, and he says, she stole my heart, and Andy's like, yeah, damn right she did, but no, she was actually stealing a heart from the hospital, so at that point, they, Andy, Chris, and Brad, they head toward different clubs, to try to find her because they, they just got him. He's got to see her again. And so Chris volunteers to go back to her house. And so we'll, we'll meet back up with what Chris happens, what happens to Chris. And so Andy and Brad, they're at this club and it's full of a lot of Americans in here. And at a certain point, the bouncer just closes the door and takes the sign away telling you that it's a club and just kind of locks it down, unfortunately, for everybody down on the inside, not part of the group. We find out that the club's owner, Claude, he's actually the leader of a werewolf gang. <laughs> and they use the club 
as a way to learn people so they can eat them. Uh, holy shit. So it's going crazy in here. People are dying, getting ripped apart. Her name is Seraphine. That's her name. Seraphine arrives and tells Andy to get the hell out of here. And so she transforms into a werewolf because of the full moon. So Brad gets murdered by the werewolves. Andy scoots off into a, a tunnel and he is running away. Now, Chris, back at the home, finds a legless werewolf tied up to a bed. <laughs> and after all of that, he just kind of hops out the window and runs away in the darkness, as you should. Because, boy, howdy, I don't want to be that close to a werewolf. So, the next day, Andy wakes up at Seraphine's house. And he remembers that after running into the tunnels, he actually gets attacked by a werewolf. And he attacks the werewolf with a, a what is it, steel... Oh, what was it? I don't remember what it was. Because steel, right? That's no, not steel. What's what's the thing that werewolves hate? Silver. Well, no, I don't even know if it was that. I think it was just a metal pole that he stabs the werewolf with, and he runs off. So the werewolf gets one good bite on his leg before he can crawl away into a tiny tunnel. So Seraphine tells him that he is going to transform into a werewolf. You're part of the gang now, Andy, and. Seraphine's mother pops up in the room and she looks nasty. She looks decomposed. We find out later if you become a werewolf, you start to see ghosts. It's part of the, I don't know, part of the supernatural ability. You see other supernatural things. And you start to see ghosts that are actually inadvertently involved with your life. So later on, Andy sees Brad's ghost, and Brad's ghost is telling him that he needs to avenge him, and you need to kill the werewolf that killed me, and you need to kill the werewolf that bit you, because then you can just be a normal person again. So, Chris, I guess, was running all night, and he sees Andy, and then Claude, the evil werewolf boss, snatches him up before he can say anything to Andy. So after a few hours, we see that Andy is starting to break down. He's starting to get real sweaty, and he's starting to eat raw meat. He finds American tourist named Amy. Hey, it's Julie Bowen. And they are making out at a cemetery, drinking booze from shoes. It's gross. But then, as they're getting down and dirty, he transforms into a werewolf. Uh, She runs off and uses her perfume as a distraction like, she sprays it in different spots, and then she'll run to another area, and the werewolf was like, oh, I know your smell. But unfortunately, a cop comes up and kind of distracts her, and then Julie, Amy is her name, not Julie Bowen, Amy gets murdered by the werewolf, and then the cop gets murdered by the werewolf also. And then the werewolf had a dog, and the dog, I guess, got sat on? He didn't, he wasn't, like, ripped apart, but he was flat? No, I think he got eaten, like, they ripped out... Like at the stomach, oh. they like they spatchcocked him. <laughs> Fancy cooking word. Okay, so as Andy wakes up the next morning, he's naked in a cemetery next to a dead dog, and boy howdy, the cops arrest his ass. Don't worry about it because he escapes really easy because the cops are trash in Paris, and so <laughs> he starts to see Amy's ghost. Amy's ghost is like, "You're a piece of shit," and I can't believe I wasted. All of this sexy body on you and you killed me. I'm missing out on my good years. And so it's Brad and Amy are just in Andy's ear, just yelling at him, you know. <laughs> so 
Claude and his bad guys, they grab Andy. Because it's not hard to grab him. He's It's really easy, actually. And they tell him that you need to join the group because you're a werewolf and we're werewolves. And that's just how it works now. That's what werewolves do. Yeah. <laughs> and they tell Andy he has to kill his friend Chris to join the group to prove his loyalty. And he's like, I don't want to do this. And Seraphine pops up once again and saves his goofy ass. And then they actually return home and find the basement has been just ripped apart. And her stepfather, that was the werewolf with no legs, has is, is dead. So we learned that the stepfather was working on a drug to help you control werewolf transformations. But it, they didn't have enough time working on it. But now it just makes you transform when you take it. So you don't have to wait for a full moon. You can just do it whenever you want, which is a really cool weapon. So, Claude, the leader of the werewolves, he stole these drugs while they were, you know, looking for things. So, they learn there's going to be a 4th of July party. Claude has planned it. And he is inviting all of the Americans inside. He's like, Americans only. And he is going to absolutely... I guess eat them, or he wants to make more werewolves. I don't know what the real game plan was. He's gonna eat them. Yeah, I guess they're just gonna just nom on people. The police have a tip, or they follow Andy there. So there's police inside, but the bouncer's like, "Okay, come on in. You're gonna disappear soon anyway. I don't care." So Claude and his bad guys they take the drugs and they turn into werewolves, and they are fucking people up in here. Uh, don't worry about Andy or Seraphine. The Andy pulls out a gun and shoots one werewolf with one bullet, and it just goes down. I was like, oh, okay. So, being a werewolf doesn't mean a goddamn thing. One bullet could just put you down. So, Brad, his spirit is freed. The, the fucking werewolf that he shot with one bullet, that was the one that bit him and killed him. So, Brad's like, thank you, and he goes away, I guess, to heaven? I don't know where the hell he's going. So, they are running off. And at this point of the movie, we get a lot of transformations and... You know, we'll talk about it later, but the CG in this movie, it looks like clip art. Not gonna lie. So, there are a lot of werewolves that look the same. And Seraphine, she turns into a werewolf. She takes the drug, and she is fighting. And, boy howdy, Andy doesn't know which who is who, because all the werewolves look the same. I actually say they should have put a little bow in her hair. Or a little scarf. That's how you know. It's Seraphine, oh. you know? Uh, and he actually shoots her. <laughs> and the police find her. And they take her away. Because uh, they think, like, oh, no, you were hurt. Nice nice gal. Come with us. We'll take you to get help. So Andy is running away. And he's, like, in a like a subway. And so it's Claude, the werewolf. The drug wears off. And Claude is just walking around. And Claude is trying his best to inject some more drugs into his system so he can turn to a werewolf and finish the job. But Andy, he takes it before he can. It's the last vial, and Andy takes it. And then Andy, you know, finds out that Claude was the one that bit him. He sees a scar on his, like, shoulder. And so Andy transforms and kill. he kills and eats Claude's heart. Hooray! So his curse is over. He's just a normal person. And apparently, Seraphine was bit by Claude too? Because she's fine also. Though mm-hmm. they didn't really talk about that. Hell, I don't they know. They mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah. Um, when she's talking about 
uh, her, right after he saves her off of the bridge, there's like, or off of the Eiffel Tower, there's like a moment where she like really quickly is explaining that he is a vampire and that she was bit by Claude and Claude was turned into this asshole and created this, these like bad guys. So it happens like really fast. It's like a one line throwaway. Yeah. (laughs) So everything's good. You know, uh, you know, Andy's friends are dead and I don't know if he was going to live there, but he seems to be fine with Paris now. Hooray. And so Seraphine and Andy, they're celebrating their wedding atop the Statue of Liberty and Chris is there. He didn't die either. Hooray. And they bungee jump off of the Statue of Liberty and Seraphine's bungee cord wasn't attached to anything. That's so dangerous. But it's fine because Andy grabbed her and they kiss upside down. Hooray! And that is the end of An American Werewolf in Paris. Okay, uh, Emma, who was your favorite character in American Werewolf in Paris? The lichen transformations. (laughs) So when the werewolves happen, just the manner with which they actually turned into werewolves. And then their happy little CGI selves were just very funny. So that was my favorite part. Micah? Um, I'm going to go with Claude. As a bad guy, they kept it simple. He had one mission, and he was like, you know what? We're a superior race, so uh, kill all humans. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it was a very simple thing, and and, I'll it worked for me. It, it was a, it was a campy movie, and the bad guy just had one goal in mind, and you know, he <laughs> he was very serious about his mission. But them busting into the 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 house and chasing him around as he jumps out the window with no pants on, like, the Scooby Doo episode. Nobody is my favorite character. Not a single person in this movie was good. (laughs) (laughs) Their acting was so bad, like all across the board. And if it wasn't the acting, then it was the writing because like, just, I wanted to say uh, Seraphine as my favorite, but then I couldn't because it, she immediately went from like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Go away. Don't touch me to like, yo, here's my tits. Hold on to these while I calm you down. What? 100%. And then I love you and eat my heart. And yeah, it got, there was no, like, whoever wrote this had no experience of being in a relationship or like talking to a woman because (laughs) this shit made no sense from a female standpoint. Neither one of the female characters made sense. Horrible. (laughs) So, honorable mention to Seraphine. I, like I said, she actually acted and she was out there showing emotion and doing stuff with this weird, odd hodgepodge of a movie. Uh, there was a lot of silliness because in the first one, they blended horror and comedy and people really liked it. It was different, you know, uh, but we, there were movies before American Werewolf in London that did the silly and scary. But uh, with that movie, it, they just did it perfectly. So she was the serious part of this movie. And then Andy, he was the silly but I'm going with a character that pops up more than like an hour into this movie. And that's Amy Finch. That's Julie Bowen. 
her character was a mess. Uh, she was trying to get it in, and she was drunk, drinking alcohol out of her shoe, and then she's dead. And then she proceeds to just like boo Andy all through the movie, and like is trying to help bad guys catch him. He's like, he's over here, get him, kill him, because uh, she's pissed off uh, that she's dead, and she's like, man, look at my body, and you just ruined it. <laughs> You ruined my hot body, you know. Uh, I thought she's like I spent four years on the stairmaster to get this package. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious that she was so pissed off. <laughs> okay, so Emma, who was your least favorite character in the movie? Shitty werewolves, so the really angry guys that were just tearing people up for nothing. But that was garbage, Micah. Um, I don't know. I didn't really have a least favorite, but I guess my overall least favorite was the bouncer <laughs> just he was just, just doing his job i guess but you know he was basically the werewolf's handler so yeah and nothing <laughs> nothing too exciting but, you know it was, just, it was a shitty campy movie there's not much to say but uh my least favorite part what or person or thing was every part before the body horror started <laughs> like i already said it was ass Otis and I were watching this separately um, because I was at work late and we were texting each other about it and both of us were like this movie is ass because we were in the first part like before the werewolves had started and it was just like Micah what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yep this is this is I don't care you can't harsh my mouth okay rubber is to Otis what this movie is I also loved rubber so you know (laughs) it's funny you should mention rubbers uh gross I can't believe that man put a fucking condom in his mouth and then blew it up like (laughs) a it's it's all the rage fucking I I love that it was just like and then it landed (laughs) in someone else's food what the fuck movie was this God, it was so bad before the fucking werewolves. That Go ahead. Fun. Uh, my least favorite thing or person of this movie. Uh, I'll go with the easy one. Uh, the very shitty cops. They were horrible in this movie. But usually in horror movies, the cops really aren't that good. Um, usually they're evil or they're just idiots. And all of the inspectors in this movie were getting eaten. Or just letting people escape. Uh, uh, when Andy just like slides into one of the like conda- like cadaver little things, the cooler areas, and the inspectors come in, they're like, oh, oh, he got away. And I'm like, aren't you even going to check in there? There's no other way he can escape. And they just, the next scene, it's funny. This movie didn't even want to show how Andy actually got out afterward. He just got out and he was walking down the street. And I was like, damn. <laughs> We didn't even want to show us how he like bamboozled the inspectors, but they were absolute booty in this movie. So and and the fact that like every time they got seen, they had to you know that that was like the the running gag throughout the entire movie was everybody who was like, uh, what is it? Basically like staking out whatever situation they were watching. It was like they were the worst. Like oh wait oh no I'm just looking at I'm just some guy looking at this toy. Oh God is going off. Oh, they like stuffs in his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden comes back with the dog. Yeah. Where'd the dog come from? Oh my god. And then when they picked it up afterwards, it was just like, what the fuck is that creature? <laughs> that wasn't a dog. That dog got ate up. 
got smushed. Like, 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 what happened? Oh, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. It looked like he <laughs> sat on a dog. I don't know. <laughs> it was so weird. I fucking love this movie. All right. Okay. Well, let's do seven word synopsis. So my first one is, so one bullet can kill a werewolf? Uh, there's the scene uh, later on at the party, the American party, 4th of July, and werewolves are everywhere, and one gets shot, and I swear Andy hit it once, and that werewolf was like, yeah, yeah, I'm dead, and just went down. I was like, damn, that's that easy? Like, yeah, that's my runner-up for least favorite part of this movie, like, no silver bullets or anything. It's just like, no, yeah. shoot it. Oh, got it. Oh, you it's got a... me. Regular bullets, my only weakness. Yeah, but just a straight-up bullet, just like, ow, and just go down. <laughs> what I thought was silly was it took, like, one bullet to take down all those big-ass hulking werewolves who had been, like, changing themselves on purpose and running craziness through the city. But then she took that drug and turned into a werewolf, and it took, like, eight shots to get her to lie down. Yeah. Well, she was important. <laughs> so my second one is, and this is said to the werewolves, motherfucker you are hard to look at um like i said when the change happened i was like oh i forgot that it was like this much cg i was like oh no (laughs) and my last one uh seraphine's werewolf needed a cute little bow uh there's a scene toward the end where andy's like i don't know which one is my girlfriend which one do i shoot she didn't know he didn't know that she had changed into a werewolf he assumed that they were both bad guys i know but if she had a cute little bow, oh, absolutely, or a cute little scarf, <laughs> he'd yeah, be like, "Oh, that's know, Then you'd know it's a girl. <laughs> oh, that's Seraphine. Well, he didn't know it was her. Mess, <laughs> Katie. Everything wrong with bro dudes of late nineties. Atrocious, atrocious. Okay, uh, you can't bungee jump off triangular things. Yeah. <laughs> if the base is wider than the point at which you are jumping off of you are going to smear the side of it you dumb motherfuckers and then my last one bro she said no not come over micah (sighs) big deep sigh for this one ripped his achilles apart like aaron Rodgers. (laughs) big french dog bites american during Euro trip, Emma. Bigger the bubble, boy likes girl more. <laughs> Eat my heart, Andy. Confusing relationship dynamic. And then my two alliteratives. Lycanthropic lovers learn low life losers lurid layout. And then symphony segment starts showing slashers silly slashing. So this film in the United States came out December 25th, 1997. Christmas Day? Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that the best time for a fucking movie? What the fuck? It's the best. It was a Christmas mediocre miracle? Yeah, it's the best. It's the best time to do it. So, uh, what do you guys think the budget for this film was? Emma? $10 it is. Katie? Too much. Too <laughs> much. Micah? Three dollar dues. What was that? Three dollar dues. So the budget for this film was twenty-five dollar dues. Uh, oh, we'll just say Emma and Katie. Yeah, that was way too much. 
<laughs> yeah, Emma and Katie both win that one. So, what do you guys think the box office was, Emma? Oh, I said fifty dollar reduce because people probably went hella hard on this movie. Okay, Katie. Again, too much. Okay, and Micah. Sixty-five dollar reduce. Sixty-five. Uh, I don't know who wins this one because the box office was twenty-six dollar dues. Um, wow! I hell, uh, everybody went over. <laughs> Katie said too much. I mean, that's accurate. But twenty-six is—I don't know if that's too much. It's absolutely is too much. <laughs> Any money that this movie made was too much money. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Made money too much. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it broke. Even, yeah, so when it came out... People were like, who asked for this? Yeah, well, people were excited because of the first one, but it was a big gap of time, and a lot of people were confused by that. But it, a lot of folks were like, oh, shit, the first one's amazing, man, the practical effects and stuff. It looked gross when the werewolf changes, and then when they watched the werewolf just, like, clip art come onto the screen, like, what the fuck is this? So it made money. But there was that was people watching it, and they're like, "Oh, but they already got the money at that point." So you're like, "You know, we got you, we got you good." But um, but no, the special effects, the makeup effects guy from the first one, Oscar winning, Rick Baker. Um, he was not on board for this movie. Um, they like I said, they used a lot of CGI for the transformation effects and chasing. So. Uh, it, yeah, that was the part that people really didn't dig this as much than the original. Around the time that this movie came out, we had Titanic, Scream 2, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Flubber in the theaters with it. So, like I said, this movie made money. It's not like it fell apart. At least it broke even. But there were superior movies out in the theaters with this movie. So, uh, and like I said, December is not where it's at. You, I, I can't fathom watching Amer- American War Werewolf in Paris on Christmas Day. I, I don't see it, but maybe people were like, yeah, let's, let's go see a werewolf movie on Christmas. So minority kill count z- zero, right? Yes. Everybody was white. I don't think I saw anybody of color. Because Americans are all white, didn't you know? Yeah. The ones that go to Paris apparently are all white. Yeah, white douchey kids. I guess that's the only ones that come from America. Yeah, it's the only ones that can afford to go to, to fucking Paris. Yeah. So the number is still three hundred and ninety nine. That Tito Turtle in a house and a plane full of vampires. So does anybody have anything else to say about an American werewolf in Paris before we get out of here? Nope. I don't care. Still love this movie. <laughs> okay so with that that is the end of this episode if you have any other cool fun facts about i don't know blood transfusions giving you werewolf powers or eating raw meat or having sex in a graveyard yeah having sex in a graveyard and stuff you can tweet katie at allentown pod we have an email it is allentown presents at gmail.com oh yeah have a facebook app allentown presents <laughs> so this was episode 17 in the pocket in the books out of sight we have 14 more episodes my math is terrible so but 14 is the right number not like earlier when i was like this movie's 60 years old 
uh, it's not 60 years old. Uh, it's old. It's old as fuck, but that's not 60 years old. So, um, I'm very excited. Some newer films have come out, and we've saved up our energy so we can be like, holy shit, this movie is crazy. And yeah, we're going to review the new VHS. Uh, people yeah. are saying it's the best VHS, and people said there's some fucked up scenes in it. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited. You know? Um, it's fun. So, um... The music you listen to right now that is flipping a combined effort, flipping the C E and where you can find them, the studio beats us. Thank you so much for the artwork. So for Katie, Emma, Micah, sleepy old Bella that's somewhere around here. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Toots. Now that's spooky. Bye.